0: Welcome to Hope Renewed, the podcast of PIR Ministries. Thanks for connecting to Hope Renewed, the in depth podcast about pastoral renewal and restoration. I'm Tom Jameson, and along with co-host Sean Nemeczek, we explore the issues and challenges pastors face and help cultivate a renewed hope for healthy ministry lives. Well, Sean, today you and I are having a conversation about burnout and how pastors and ministry leaders can recognize it in themselves. Pre-COVID uh, research done by Barna showed that 30% of pastors recognized that they were at risk of burnout, and I can't imagine that the pressures of navigating this pandemic in the church have lowered that number. Uh, this has been and continues to be uh, an important
1: issue. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. It's it's really an issue that is um, close to my heart. Um, as you know, I experience burnout and um, it's something that uh, I believe is one of the key issues that the church needs to face.
0: Yeah. Why, why is it that burnout is a reality in ministry? I mean, aren't, aren't pastors uh, immune to this kind of thing?
1: Well, I don't want to give the impression that it's only pastors that burn out, but um, burnout is common in just about any occupation that requires uh, people to care for others. Hmm. Uh, and the more they have to invest themselves in that care of others, uh, the more likely they are to burn out. Um, now it can happen to people in other occupations too. Uh, it, can, it can, burnout can happen to anybody. Um, but I think the more uh, personally involved you are in your work, uh, the more uh, you're likely to, to experience burnout. So sometimes it's pastors who love their jobs uh, who deeply love the people that they're working for, um, but just don't have the boundaries they need to remain healthy. And uh, it, it's that passion and commitment that actually leads to their burnout.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's almost as though the nature of the call makes uh, an individual more susceptible to um, the symptoms and the, the reality of burnout. Uh, yeah. And so it, it takes that extra... Uh, attentiveness and work to to be able to uh, be on guard against that.
1: Especially if uh, that pastor is somebody who has a, a deeply caring and empathetic heart. Hmm. Um, empathy is, is great, it's needed in ministry, uh, but if we don't have boundaries around that, um, it, it can really um, lead us into some difficult places.
0: Yeah. So you, you mentioned that burnout is a part of your experience. Share a little bit with us uh, about what that was like and, and why you take this issue so seriously.
1: Yeah, burnout for me was um, a major turning point in ministry. Um, I served in one church for 18 years, and uh, my burnout happened right around year 11. Um, but it started probably even before I got into ministry mm. with um, things that, that I had uh, learned in my childhood and in my family of origin um, that I brought with me to ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there were some things that happened in my life uh, as we started ministry. For example, uh, we had uh, lots of conflict early on um, I had uh, a constant critic for those first 11 years. Mm. Uh, somebody who I think wanted his brother-in-law to be the pastor of the church and not me, um, and was working his best to, uh, to make that happen. Mm. Um, so that was a reality I was dealing with. But there was also you know, things like uh, grief and trauma. Uh, my wife had a year and a half long battle with breast cancer. Uh, in there, she she's healthy now, really? uh, but uh, that that played a toll. Uh, there was financial stress. Being a pastor in a small church in a rural area uh, does not pay uh, you know a huge salary. Uh, so we were we were living in constant financial stress. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, experienced even more stress when the housing market crashed in 2008, and all of a sudden. The house that we'd been paying on for years was now upside down, um, and so we felt trapped financially. Uh, with all the conflict that was going on in the church, we felt trapped relationally. Uh, even though there was a lot of good things happening, I don't want to make it sound like ministry was bad. I wouldn't have stayed eleven years if, if mm-hmm. ministry was bad. There were just just a lot of things going on behind the surface. Uh, vision conflict with the board, um, and then. I think the, the triggering thing that really started me down the road to burnout was um, there was a young lady in our church who had come to me for counseling. I had been counseling her brother for a while, um, and she turned her life around, became one of, part of one of our small groups. And uh, over a year, we just watched her grow in Christ. And then while I was counseling her brother, she was killed in a car accident. Oh my. And I, I had to take him to the hospital and be with the family in the moment that they're finding out um, that this beautiful, bright, cheerful young woman had lost her life. And the trauma and grief of that really um, took it out of me. Um, I found mm-hmm. myself saying, God, I can't handle any more death right now. And and it didn't just
0: happen like, uh, oh, I'm fine. And suddenly one event, Burns me out. That there's this uh, right. almost this layering aspect to to burnout. Layer upon layer upon layer, or the you know the uh, proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back because of of that all that weight.
1: Yeah. So it was at that time, um, which is still probably about five years before my burnout, that I started to feel fatigue in ministry. Hmm. Uh, it started to to struggled to find the joy I had before. I felt like I wasn't being as effective in ministry. Um, And really, I think the key um, to my burnout was that I was so involved in caring for others that I wasn't caring for my own soul Mm -hmm. like I needed to. And that builds up over time. Eventually, my board starts to notice that I'm just not being as effective as I I was. I was working harder than I ever have in my Uh life but I was less effective. Uh, And so they decided uh, it was time to talk. And rather than taking me aside and saying, Hey, Sean, what's going on with you? Is there any way we can help? They decided to implement a review process Hmm. um, that we hadn't done in years. Uh, And so we sat down, uh, me and and the four uh, board members at the time, and they each took a few minutes to tell me, you know, what They liked about me as a pastor, what I'm doing well in ministry, and and that was encouraging. But then we spent the next two hours Mm -hmm. uh, with Mm -hmm. them telling me what they thought I needed to do. Uh, And eventually, it was just just crushing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, It it amounted to, you need to work harder, which is exactly what I was doing, you know?
0: (laughs) And it almost sounds as though, you you weren't quite sure what was going on. Right. And they weren't sure what was going on.
1: Right. I don't fault them at all for, for what they were trying to do. I, I think their intent was to, to help me and help the church out, um, and they were doing what what they knew how to do, they—they, they, mm-hmm. I don't think had any experience with a burned-out pastor. I had no idea that that I was in burnout or even what burnout was. At yeah. This point. So
0: there's this insidiousness or, or this uh, unfamiliarity with burnout that it can be very, very present and pastors, ministry leaders, board members don't even know uh, what it is or, or that it's there.
1: Yeah, I, I thought maybe um, it was time for me to, to move on to another church. And mm-hmm. I had been looking for ch- other churches for a while, and it, it had become clear that the door just wasn't opening up. Um, yeah. And so I'm in this pretty dark place thinking, man, I can't work any harder than I am. If I do, my wife's probably going to leave me because, you know, uh, I, no, she wouldn't leave me, but that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. So it was at that time that my constant critic decided to launch an all out attack. Uh, You know, I'm at my weakest and they made some accusations uh, based on a conversation we had had nine years earlier. And so uh, this turned into an investigation by the board to check out these uh, accusations, which proved to be false, Um, but it lasted three months and it felt like an inquisition more than an investigation Mm. um eventually that man left the church um and uh things calmed down and it was at that point um well let me back up just a little bit it was during that that inquisition that i started to experience some things that i have never experienced before Mm. um typically i'm the type of person that responds well to um, To a crisis, uh, when there's a crisis, I usually get really calm and clear-headed. The opposite happened this time. Uh, in this crisis, I, I had a panic attack. Um, I started to um, to say things uh, without thinking about them. I was in full fight or flight mode, mm-hmm. and um, I it took me a while. To, to realize that what was happening is the fear center in my brain is actually responding before the the um, thought processes were were fully formed, mm-hmm. and so it was like an out of body experience. Uh, I'm saying these things in high defensive mode that I didn't believe that I would not want to say, but it was it was like the words came out before I even had a chance to think about them. Wow! And that's what made me realize there's something going on here that's more. Than just difficulty in ministry.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I spent, uh, after this conflict was over, uh, I spent the next year uh, doing a deep dive just trying to figure out what's going on in my own soul. Yeah. There's something broken in there. Um, and so I read 86 books over the next year, <laughs> um, just trying to figure this out books on leadership, on soul care, on self help. Uh, books on, on pastoral ministry, um, and it was it was Wayne Cordero's book, Leading on Empty, that first made me realize mm-hmm. I'm in yeah. burnout. Uh, that led me to other books, like uh, The People-Pleasing Pastor by Charles Stone, um, and uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro, and Ruth Haley Barton's book, um, uh, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. Um, and it was a combination of all of these that helped me realize I'm in burnout and um, I can't work my way out of this. I need yeah. some help.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. What an experience. And and so no doubt that uh, uh, process then becomes kind of the foundation for why you take this so seriously. Um, it's, uh, I mean, a deeply personal experience for you. and And so... I know you're you're in the process of writing a book uh, on burnout. Um, what what type of work is that? Just to take a little bunny trail here, um, how how do you hope that to be helpful? And what's the working title of this thing?
1: So right now, the working title is Better After Broken: A, a Christian Leader's Guide to Burnout Recovery and Transformation. Hmm. And the, the title reflects the belief that burnout is not an end, but it's a beginning. It's actually something that God can use to make us better leaders. Wow. Um, and that was the story in my life. Um, and one of the reasons I write the book, and uh, I coach leaders through burnout is because when I was in it, I didn't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. There were resources available to me. Um, my denomination provided counseling, which was great, but it wasn't enough. I needed really a guide through this this mm-hmm. time and I didn't have it. So I went and looked for a whole bunch of relationships and I built a team around me uh, to, to provide what I needed. Uh, so I hired a ministry coach, I found uh, a mentor, um, I, uh, I had, like I said, I found a counselor, hired a spiritual director, uh, I met with a close friend who was also a pastor, um, So, and uh, my mentor and I met every week. And uh, so it was this like team of people that I had mm-hmm. around me, each bringing their own Uh, experience and expertise and acceptance of me as a person Mm -hmm. um, to the table that really helped me get past the isolation, the shame and the anxiety that uh, really swirl around burnout. Mm. Um, So that's part of the reason I'm so passionate about this. I believe that you can get through burnout, uh, you can do a good portion of the work in actually a fairly short amount of time if you have somebody who's experienced to guide you through it. Yeah. So the book is is designed to help people st- uh, uh, identify what burnout is, that's part one. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two is how do you recover from burnout? Uh, and that's built around some self-care, uh, some spirituality, and even some uh, resources from the world of counseling. Um, part three is about how do we transform uh, from the inside out so that we don't burn out again. Mm. Because I've found uh, that burnout usually happens in uh, smaller forms and then builds over time. So somebody might burn out two or three times before they get to that big crash like I had. Mm. Uh, And if I look back over my life, that was probably the case. There were probably a few times where I experienced kind of low grade burnout, uh, took some time and recovered, but then went through it again, and each time it got worse. Yeah, so uh,
0: I guess it would be really important, um, uh, helpful to understand uh, what what we're saying, what you're saying when you say burnout. What's a good definition of burnout, particularly as it it pertains to to ministry?
1: Yeah, well, there's there's lots of definitions of burnout. Henry Nouwen uh, says that burnout is just another word for spiritual death. Hmm. Uh, so that's a cheerful definition. <laughs> there's another common definition that it's a total depletion of self mm-hmm. um that's that's actually a really good definition but um i when speaking about ministry burnout specifically i say that burnout is what happens when our inner walk with god is not sufficient to sustain our outer work for god great so, so let me say that again yeah, okay. yeah. burnout is when our inner walk with god is not sufficient to sustain our outer work for God. Uh, So what's happening in burnout is that we are depleting our resources, um, especially our spiritual and emotional resources, um, to a point that we cannot sustain uh, what we're doing. Uh, There's a a term that often accompanies burnout. It's called compassion fatigue. Mm -hmm. so this is when somebody who is normally um, a very caring, kind person who has dedicated themselves to to um, loving others and care for them, caring for them, finds themselves completely unable to care for others. They want mm-hmm. to, it, it, but they it's just not in them anymore. Um, It's not that their heart's grown cold, it's not that they're in sin, it's just they have so depleted themselves that there is literally nothing left. Um, And I think that's what happens in burnout is that Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have the rhythms uh, of self-care, of spiritual care, we don't have the relationship with God and others uh, that's necessary to fill our tank and keep us going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we just, we run dry.
0: You know, it makes me think of, of a, a common approach to ministry that, that some folks take of this, you know, I'm going to flame out for Jesus. I'm just going to give it my all, you know, and I'd rather enter heaven, you know, uh, crashing and burning uh, than subtly just kind of slunking into heaven, however it might be. And really, neither of those are healthy ways to, to view ministry, that what you're advocating, if I can steal from Larry Crab way back in the day, you know, an inside out, yes, uh, a, approach to that. That that burnout isn't something that happens to you; it's something that happens in you.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very good distinction. I just want to mention a little bit of, of the the culture that we have, especially in the American church. Mm. Um, you you hit on it a little bit. You know, I can work and work myself to death in ministry, um, there are a couple of uh, phrases that I've heard that that I think uh, kind of embody the burnout culture that we have in America. Uh, one of them is uh, a famous pastor once said, uh, if I take care of the church, God will take care of my family. Hmm. Uh, he's now divorced um, and out of ministry. Um, Another pastor uh, I heard say is uh, that I I can sleep when I'm dead, which is a pretty common thing. We we have such um, a fixation in America on work ethic, and it's not a healthy work ethic. It's an Mm -hmm. obsession with overwork, actually, um, that has made its way into our churches, Uh, into the expectations of uh, board members and into pastors themselves that Mm -hmm. um, it just, everything in the culture of the church just seems to push pastors toward this. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have the inner resources to say no, to set up some healthy boundaries, to establish some good rhythms of work and rest, um, yeah, they're going to go over the edge.
0: And then there's that attitude that says,
1: you know, well, pastor, you only work one hour a week anyway. <laughs> yeah, don't say that to a pastor who's in burnout. <laughs> they, they might actually um, uh, punch you in the nose or worse. Yeah, so
0: just trying to discharge this, this divine call in an unhealthy context. Uh, yeah. can, can be kind of the perfect storm, this, this perfect brew for burnout to happen in a, in a person's life.
1: Yeah, I think there's really three things that play into burnout um, or that could play into causing burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is uh, a dysfunctional relationship with work. Mm-hmm. Um, overworking or underworking, um, those types of things can can really um lend to a culture of burnout internally um there's also relational challenges um mm-hmm. you know uh, conflict in the church um uh, a bad uh, church culture there's there are so many churches that have such impossible expectations on their pastor mm. it's it, it makes me wonder if uh, if it's even possible to minister there without burning out yeah. Uh, but then there's also self-sabotage that happens uh, related to yeah. things like anxiety and shame procrastination that just builds anxiety um so we do things that uh that keep uh, us from from succeeding in ministry uh, mm. and uh, then the relational conflict and and the the stress from that just kind of builds so uh, it, it can be our relationship to work, our relationships within work, or our relationship within
0: ourselves—yeah—that
1: that lends to causing burnout.
0: And and I would imagine uh, all all three of those um, have their their own unique power, if I can use that word. Uh, play yeah. pressure. Um, I'm. Realizing, I'm just speaking from my own personal perspective, that, that to me, the, the relationship to self would be and has been where I run into the most trouble,
1: um, Sure,
0: uh, especially with things like expectations uh, and, and creating these false expectations or these unrealistic expectations in my own head that now I, I suddenly, you know, they're not written down. No one's really said them. And I'm, I'm living out of a falseness rather than out of the truth. And, and that, um,
1: primes me
0: for, uh, burnout.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think the two primary causes of burnout are anxiety and shame. Mm -hmm. Um, and when we're living with unreasonable expectations, even if they, they're generated from us. Um, that's going to feed anxiety and Mm. shame. Yeah, your Um, brain
0: doesn't know the difference between rational and irrational expectations
1: right and uh, on top of that many pastors uh, myself included have a really loud internal critic Mm -hmm. um, and at the time i had no idea how to silence that and so when i'm receiving criticism from the outside it just feeds that internal critic Mm -hmm. and confirms things that that actually weren't true uh, but I, I kind of heard them in my head because of shame and anxiety. Um, and so it just creates this cycle that perpetuates until mm-hmm. there's nothing left. And as you said, uh, when we're in anxiety and shame, we try to hide. And so we put up this kind of false image of ourselves. We want everybody to think everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe one definition of burnout is when that false self comes crashing down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a powerful one.
1: The Hope Renewed Podcast is brought to you by PIR Ministries. At PIR Ministries, we partner with God in the church in the work of pastoral renewal and restoration. Pastors, our goal is to help you cultivate new hope for healthy life and ministry. We do this by building relationships. We train both pastors and churches to promote a culture of ministry health. If you've experienced a forced termination from ministry, we provide a process of restoration for you and your family. We also have proven resources and tools to assist you in the challenges of ministry life. To contact us or to learn more about PIR Ministries, visit pirministries.org.
0: Looking at burnout then and, and recognizing it, how, how do you know when you have burnout? What does it look like?
1: This is probably the most common question I get asked uh, in the workshops that I do and in the coaching that I I do with pastors. Um, Clinically, uh, psychologists have established four criteria uh, for burnout. Uh, And so I like to ask four questions. Uh, And if the answer to these four questions is yes, then you're in burnout, but it has to be all
0: four. Okay.
1: Yes. So the first question we ask is, are you emotionally fatigued? I'm not just talking about a little tired, you know, the type that you, where you take a nap and you feel better. I'm talking about uh, the type of fatigue um, that's a deep exhaustion that goes all the way down to your bones. Uh, a few days off won't cure this. Mm. Maybe even a few months off won't cure this. So there's there's uh, just a deep emotional exhaustion. Uh, So, are you emotionally fatigued would be the first question. Mm -hmm. The second question is, do you have a diminished sense of accomplishment? So, I mentioned I was working harder than ever, but felt like I was getting less done. Um, This diminished sense of accomplishment means you may be doing the same work, um, but uh, everything feels harder. Mm. Um, So... For me, administrative work was always something that I hated doing, it was always draining. But when I was in burnout, it felt like climbing a mountain Mm. just to do the smallest little administrative tasks. Um, And the things that used to bring me joy didn't bring me joy anymore. Uh, And so uh, it's not just that, um, that you're not doing more, it's that the work that you're doing isn't producing the results that it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's just become um, more difficult to do everything. And I would imagine that's
0: different than measuring effectiveness in in uh, an area of ministry. You know, um, we we had seen success, uh, perhaps you know, a number of people came to faith in Christ, and now we're we're not seeing that. That that may not be indicative of burnout. Right. Because of the the spiritual rhythm of of what the Lord is doing. Um, So you're talking about something different here.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the things that we often have been taught to measure ministry success can feed our feelings of burnout, but they they don't cause burnout. Mm -hmm. Uh, So things... uh, well, like we talk about the three Bs, buildings, budgets, and butts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how big is the building? How, how much money are you bringing in? Uh, how many seats are in the, the chairs on Sunday morning? Um, even the number of baptisms mm. um, isn't indicative of of health in ministry. Those mm-hmm. are all things that are ultimately out of the control of the pastor and only things that God can can control. But we can, we can get caught up in, in some of those and think that they're a measurement. That, those aren't really what we're talking about here. We're talking about the regular day-to-day, week-to-week work that you do. Kind of the ordinariness of ministry. Right. Yeah. The, the things that used to come easy uh, now suddenly have become really hard. So mm-hmm. I've always been uh, a, a good Public speaker—it's something that's come easily for me and has been comfortable. Uh, preaching was always one of my favorite tasks in ministry. When I was in burnout, I was terrified mm. to get up on Sunday morning. Uh, I hated to preach; the words just were not coming like they used to. Everything got harder. Yeah. So, so. It, it, Things like uh, reading your Bible, praying, um, meeting with people. Even if it's just having coffee with somebody, the the anxiety and shame that you're experiencing burnout just makes everything heavier and harder. Hmm. Hmm. So the third question that that we ask is, have you lost your sense of self? Um, So in burnout, we tend to uh, forget who we are. Um, We lose our identity, especially our identity in Christ. Um, But we also lose just a sense of uh, what we enjoy or what we value uh, or why we do our work. Uh, That sense of call uh, tends to disappear. It's like uh, looking in the mirror and you don't recognize the person that's looking Mm. back at you. And this is every day you wonder, who are you? Uh, as i mentioned when i was in that deep conflict i i found myself saying things that i didn't believe and didn't understand why i was saying it felt like an out of body experience mm-hmm. that's that loss of self uh it's it just uh is is it's such a weird experience uh it's hard to describe but when you're there you you'll recognize it yeah or others who are close to you will recognize it Yeah, and you might hear people say things like, you don't seem like yourself lately. Yeah. Or what's going on with you? Or is there something that we can do to help you out? People around you might feel like you're criticizing them more Mm -hmm. uh, or that you've gotten somehow grumpy or lost your sense of joy or purpose or any number of things. So, yeah, there's a lot of outside factors uh, or indicators uh, that mm-hmm. can pop up but the problem is when you're in burnout you're you're in such uh, a mode of isolation and defensiveness from shame you probably can't hear those from others very easily yeah. yeah so um loss of self is the third one the fourth question that we ask is are you feeling hopeless or have you lost your optimism uh, the phrase here that i i I hear most often is I feel stuck. Yeah. Um, I just don't see how change is possible. Sometimes pastors have a sense of what needs to change. Uh, they just don't know how to get there.
0: Mm. Um,
1: mm. One person uh, who was going through burnout says, "I see all the different things you're talking about that that I need to work on, but I just don't know if I have the strength to take the first mm. step." Mm. So this is one of the reasons I often tell people you need others to help you through burnout because they provide the hope that you need, that change is possible. They can speak encouragement into your life. They can tell you, you can do this. You can make that first step and then you can make that next step. But feeling stuck, um, feeling hopeless is that fourth sign of burnout. So let me just review those those four things. Um, what does burnout look like? It's emotional fatigue a diminished sense of accomplishment, a loss of self, and feeling hopeless. All four things have to be in place uh, for this to really be burnout. Uh, if you've got three of them going on, you're probably a, well, a long way down the road toward burnout. If you've got two of them going on, there there may be time yet to turn the bus around. Um, but uh, these four things are are really the indicators that we look for to see if somebody's in burnout.
0: Yeah, and I think that's so important to, to recognize that even if you have all four of these, it's, it's not a hopeless case. Uh, it's right. just going to take a lot of hard work, uh, and it's going to take a lot of willingness to, to be open to things like having others come around you. Uh, this is what I really admire about your story uh, that you took the initiative, uh, eventually, I guess, to to bring people around you to to step away from the persona that says you know I I can do this myself I don't need anyone to help me I'm a pastor come on you you know pastor is supposed to be superman could do anything uh and to say no in order for me to be healthy I need others because it, it seems to be that the and you already said this that the the nature of burnout is it it drives us to isolation, mm-hmm. and that's the very place we can't be to find health.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an insidious cycle. Hmm. Shame, anxiety, and isolation work together. It's like together. a
0: toilet flushing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> the more it, you uh, go around, the further down you go. It feels like you're being sucked into a black hole, hmm. um, that there's nothing you can do to get out of this. Um, and I don't know if I could have gone any lower without doing something harmful to myself. Mm. Um, and I believe it was only by the grace of God that that I was able to see the fact that I can't work my way out of this. I need help um, and, um, and I need to, to make some changes. Um, yeah. I, I believe burnout was a gift that God gave Mm-hmm. Uh, because now I am much healthier than I ever was yeah. uh, during those first 11 years. And my wife, will, she just said this to me the other day, I can't believe how easily now you're able to to just, um, in a good way, not care about what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I was obsessed with what other people thought about me. Um, so burnout can be a gift, but like you said, it's going to take some hard work. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just hard work, but it's, it's emotionally intense work because you have to do some, some uh, deep soul work and going back and even looking at childhood wounds and, and um, family patterns and things that we do not like to look at. Um, you got to be able to, to turn your gaze to some of the, the ugliest, darkest parts of your soul and bring those into the presence of God for healing.
0: And, and that's, that's the key, isn't it? The illustration I used with myself, you know, is the tearing down of the false walls that have been built to see the, the garbage that's been collected behind that. But to recognize that, I guess I can say this this way, that Christ is there in the garbage. He's not the garbage, but he's present in it. And that's the only hope, really, that we have of finding healing. It's a terrifying thing for for any of us to to look into that depth of pain. Uh, But isn't it the hope of the gospel, that that Christ is is present there, and and others to be there with you too?
1: Yeah, and and really it's the only way to find healing. Yeah. Uh, If you you don't take this stuff to Christ to be healed, you're going to experience again and again and that pile of garbage in your soul is just going to get bigger. Mm. You either deal with it now or you, you deal with it later or um, you implode It, it deals in with very, you. Yeah. very violent and dangerous ways.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, you know, these are the frightening and the, and the disappointing and discouraging things that, that we've seen. And, and yet we at PIR believe very much in the redemptive value of pain. When we allow uh, Christ to to be with it, present with us in it and lead us through that, because as as you've already testified to that uh, there there's greater health, greater strength on on the other side of that. So, someone listening to this and asking these four questions, um, and and I would pray that if you're answering yes to all four of these, that uh, that that should be an alarm going off a, a wake-up call that drastic change perhaps needs to happen right at this moment. Uh, but others might say, well, gosh, it, it's not, it's not that bad, you know, okay, maybe I'm kind of like this and I'm, you know, more of this or, or less of this. How do you deal with that when um, maybe it's not full-fledged burnout, but it's burnout in the making?
1: Yeah. One of the um, the phrases that i f- find is is a giant red flag for me is when i hear another pastor say i can work my way through this Mm, mm. that to me is a sign that they're already in the mindset that will lead to to deeper burnout um so it is possible to turn things around and learn resilience before you burn out uh but um once you're a certain uh distance down that path the crash becomes inevitable um, there's a, a great book um, by Wes Beavis, uh, an Australian who is a pastor and a counselor he did his PhD in ministry burnout mm-hmm. uh, his book is called let's talk about ministry burnout
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and, and he talks about uh, this being like a like a train wreck um, at some point down the tracks you You can still stop the train Mm -hmm. but once you pass that point uh, things start accelerating quickly and you're going to crash yeah um and i i think the point is um is really hard to determine from person to person
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but i think it's when you start telling yourself i i can i can do this i can work my way out of this rather than saying i need some help it's easier to turn things around with the help of another person uh, especially with uh, a ministry coach and uh, a good Christian counselor, especially one if, mm-hmm. if they've got a little bit of uh, um, trauma uh, background as well. Um, uh, that combination can, can do a world of good. Uh, seeing a spiritual director on top of that uh, mm-hmm. is even better. Uh, but those three relationships were, were the biggest ones for me. Uh, to turn it around. And I think the earlier you do that the better. I believe it's good for every pastor to be in counseling um on a regular basis, a few times a year at least, just to uh, to make sure they're not creeping up to that edge where you, there's no it's, turn it's kind
0: of tending the garden, weeding the yep. garden. Um, yep. um something that needs to be done. But boy, what a stigma there is uh, in that. And maybe uh a a precursor to that, if that seems extreme to, to someone is, uh, recognizing the, the great value of having a ministry coach, mm-hmm. uh, a thinking partner, as we call it here, you know, someone to walk alongside you, uh, not, not counseling, but, but just asking the good questions, you know, sharing perspective, doing some external processing so that these things, as you say, don't, don't begin to, to creep up,
1: uh, on you. One of the keys, uh, To all of this, as we've we've said again and again, is is you need people alongside you to help. Mm. Henry Cloud tells this great uh, story in in uh, his book. I believe the book is called "The Power of the Other" or something like that. He he tells a story about a guy in Navy SEAL training, Uh, and you know this this is just completely taxing Mm. physically and mentally. And he's on his final test. Uh, He's swimming uh, towards shore. And he hits the wall. And he feels like I either have to give up now or drown. And then he sees somebody on shore, who raises his fist and yells out to him that you can do it and he gets this surge of energy Mm -hmm. and is able to finish his training. And he doesn't have to uh, to ring the bell as they say in in seal school and, and quit. Yeah. Uh, instead, he finishes his test and becomes a Navy SEAL. It was the encouragement of another person that made it possible to do what he thought was impossible. Yeah, uh, And I think that's the key to uh, to recovering from burnout is getting somebody in your corner who can cheer you on and help you through each step of the way. Mm,
0: that great cloud of witnesses, huh?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hebrew
0: tw- Hebrews 12 for our soul. Um, yeah. To be to be living that way proactively instead of reactively. Yes, because I mean, what I hear today is if if you're answering yes to all four of these questions, seek out help immediately. Don't wait. You you must get it. But if you're not experiencing all of these, or or even some of these, the deep value of still having that what I call a ring of resource, having those people around you. To, to speak into your life, and then being in that ring for others as well, being other-centered.
1: I think this is one of the biggest keys for church leadership. Um, I believe that the most important task uh, an elder uh, can do is encourage their pastor and the other elders. Um, and th- we need to be this cheerleading uh, group for one another, mm-hmm. uh, calling one another to to deeper intimacy with Christ and uh, and just closer walk with each other. For one, it builds trust within the community, which breaks down some of the, the negative things that lead to burnout. It gives a space to talk about expectations that may be unreasonable uh, or... Even the, the the chance to say, "Hey, I can't carry this." If you've got somebody that's coming alongside and encouraging you regularly, you're going to trust them with, uh, "Hey, here's where I'm struggling." Mm-hmm. But if they're coming alongside you all the time and criticizing, um, you're not even going to trust when they encourage you. Uh, and so, to me, the the key uh, in all of this is to create a culture of encouragement and support within the leadership of every church. Yeah.
0: Well, in the spirit of that, Sean, what uh, what words from your heart, and all these words have been from your heart, but just what would you speak to those who are listening today? What words of hope would you offer
1: them? Well, I, I first just want to say that um, we've just scratched the surface here. There's, there's so much more that we could talk about. You may be feeling like uh, recovery from burnout is impossible, uh, but as we say at PIR all the time, God isn't done with you yet. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to do the work, uh, if you have the right people alongside you, uh, burnout can be the best thing that happened to you. Uh, It can make you a stronger leader um, and uh, lead you to levels of intimacy with God that you've never experienced before. And I believe God is waiting for you to experience that. I believe He desires For you to be in that place, walking closely with Him, so that you fill your soul with His love, and then ministry becomes an overflow of that love into others. Mm -hmm. Um, I said earlier that burnout is uh, what happens when our inner walk with God is not sufficient to sustain our outer work for God. Uh, I believe that recovery um, is what happens when our inner walk with God becomes the source of our ministry. And I would just say to pastors, God wants to meet you in that place. He wants to to meet you in a place where you can be so thoroughly and completely and permanently loved by God and your identity can be so rooted in Christ that you can go forward with great courage and hope and optimism uh, for the future. Mm-hmm. and um, th- that's the hope I would offer to to every pastor, not just those who are in burnout. John, this
0: has just been so great to be able to uh, delve into how God has been at work in you and uh, uh, using this. Thanks so much for, for sharing this. We look forward to hearing when the book will be uh, available, uh, hopefully yeah, well, in the near future.
1: I'm finishing it up in the next week or two, and then it goes to editing. We're still looking for a publisher, so um, we'll see but in the meantime you are available certainly yeah.
0: through um, uh, through pir through your website pastorsoul.com uh and um, available to coach and to to share uh, thanks so much today for for being the guest
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been my pleasure and i can't wait to the we have you as the guest next yeah. time
0: uh. And as always, we invite you, our listeners, to rate and review Hope Renewed in iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and to share this podcast with your friends on social media. It's a great way to help us continue to bring hope to others. Thanks for joining us today. It's our prayer that hope in Christ will renew your soul. PIR Ministries partners with God and the church in the work of pastoral renewal and restoration to cultivate new hope for healthy ministry lives. You can learn more about us at our webpage, pirministries.org, or email us at info at pirministries.org. Thanks for joining us for Hope Renewed. And remember, the hope Christ offers will never put us to shame.